Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. We are going in our Bibles here tonight, just a little bit, into the book of Mark chapter 11. Anybody ever been in Mark 11 before? We're going back there tonight. We're going to be talking about uh, some things tonight for a little bit here that I, I just encourage you to get a hold of it and apply it to your life and change will begin to happen. We're going to talk about speaking grace over your life. Now, <laughs> I saw this. I don't know how accurate it is, but it's probably fairly accurate. It's estimated that we people speak 16,000 to 18,000 words a day. Now, I know there's people that hit gust of more than that. How many of you had people like that in your life? <laughs> but if we're going to speak those kind of words, and we do, you know, I, I don't know that everybody speaks 16,000 words a day, or a, but this thing, this uh, article I saw, you know, gave an estimate about what, how much people speak every day. And um, words are really important. Now, when you think about it, there's only three things that, that control your destiny. Not your environment. Not, you know, those things can have, those things can factor in. Don't misunderstand me. Things that have happened, you know, in the past and all that. I understand that. We have to deal with that. But that, that doesn't have to dictate us or control us, or maybe you were, you know, like we hear the term born on the wrong side of the tracks, you know, and all. But I'm telling you what determines our destiny is our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. That's what controls our destiny. If we think right, we do right, and we talk right, we can go anywhere. And there's plenty of proof of that, plenty of proof of that. That you just have to get your thoughts in line with God. You got to get your actions in line with the Word, and you got to get your words in line. So words is a third of it. And I think personally, if you get your words right, all the other stuff will probably fall in line. You know, because James said that he said, if you can control your tongue, you can control your entire body. And so, um, yes, we're going to speak it. We're going to talk about words again. Um, and we're, but, we're, but you know, the Bible has a lot to say about words. A whole lot to say about words. So here in Mark chapter 11, go with me uh, to, and let's just begin at verse 20. And you know, I don't know, we may not spend a whole lot of time talking about this tonight, but we, we'll get out what we need to. Mark chapter 11, verse 20, it says, And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Everybody say roots. So it didn't dry up from the fruit first. Fruit's still there. So a lot of times, things in our life that we're believing God for, you know, of course we want to see the fruit of it, but a lot of times there's things going on in levels that we can't see at the roots of it. I remember several years ago, Phyllis and I were at a, this nursery and we were going to buy this tree. They had a, uh, these guys had a pretty cool thing they did, you know, they, how, they, how they have the trees in the black containers. Have you ever seen that? 
what they did was they dug holes in the ground and set the containers in the ground so the, they didn't have to go pick them up all the time, you know, from the wind blowing them over. Because it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a fairly large nursery, and they had good-sized trees too. But they had one tree in a container. It was a river birch, and that thing had gotten pretty big. And boy, we liked it, you know. It's like, yeah, it's still in the container, but it should be out of the container. And so we go to, we look at that tree and uh, yeah, I like that tree. And so, you know, uh, the guy goes to get it for us and the root has grown through the bottom of the black container into the ground. And so he's moving it back and forth to get it loose. And all of a sudden I hear a snap. And it's like, that didn't sound good. And he said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, I, I will I don't know whether that hurt that tree or not. I don't know if this is exact words. Uh, I don't know if that hurt that tree or not, but how many there's a certain root called a tap root that's pretty important. If you hurt that root, you're in trouble. And so he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give it to you for 40% off. And I thought, you know, 40% off a dead tree is not a bargain. Right? So I said, no, I'm going to pass on it. But out of curiosity, a few days later, two, three days later, whatever it was, we went back out there and I noticed the leaves were wilting. We had killed it at the root. Now, Jesus spoke to this fig tree. And, you know, he said, let no man eat fruit of you hereafter. But you didn't see anything immediately. But something happened to the root of the thing when he said that. See, And when we learn to speak grace over our lives, it does something at the root of the problem or the issue. We may not see the fruit right away, but we, we shall. Amen? You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm believing God for healing in, in, in my body in an area. And uh, I, I'm, I'm seeing some fruit, but not the fullness of the fruit. But guess what? I still believe it shall come to pass. Amen. And Peter, verse 21, he called to remembrance and said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you curse is withered away. And Jesus, now this is really important, guys. Jesus answering said to them, have faith in God. Now, what is he saying by that? He's saying, well, faith in God's what caused this fig tree to dry up. Faith in God. What kind of faith in God? Well, my cross-reference says have the faith of God, which is pretty good, too. Because, um, you know, it really means that. It means both. But... But what does he mean by have faith in God? Well, I know some of this is going to be you're like, I already know that, Pastor. Well, we need to get it. We need to get it here again. Amen. We need to hear it again. So. Uh, so what is faith in God? Well, in this instance, Jesus is saying that faith in God was when he spoke, God did what he said. So it's having faith in God to fulfill the words that you speak. Now, now look what he said. You know, most churches don't teach on this, these verses here. Or if they do, they say, well, this is what those name it and claim it believe. You know, the people like Jesus? Because he's the one. How many know? Jesus did not get this verse from Brother Hagin. He didn't. Brother Hagin got it from Jesus. Amen. And, you know, we get called all kinds of things, you know, name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, you know, and all that. Uh, but here's the thing about it. Uh, if you just sit down, shut up, and listen for a minute, uh, you might learn something. You might learn that, no, we don't go around flapping. Well, some people might, 
but us that, that are of sound mind, we don't go flapping our mouth off about everything. We, we only say what the Bible says. Amen. And only what God has promised us is the only things we speak over our lives. And I don't know what in the world could possibly be wrong with saying what God has said about you. The Bible said in Philemon, we should acknowledge every good thing which is in us in Christ Jesus. So I don't know what the issue is with these people, but they need to just get over themselves and read the Bible. Amen. But Jesus said, verse 23, he said, For verily I say unto you that whosoever... So this isn't just for Jesus. This is for whosoever. Shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Now, you know, he didn't say you'd have it immediately every time, but he said you will have it. That's what he said. Some things I've said, you know, talk and spoken... Uh, over my life, it took a while for it to come. But it came. Hallelujah. Because God's Word works, amen. And uh, how many know mountains, you know, when he talks about a mountain, how many know, you know, uh, he uses this. uh, How many know sometimes we have mountains in our life? You know, mountains are just a part of life. John 16, Jesus said, in the world you're going to have tribulation. So it's just part of life. We're going to have mountains, but it's what we do with them. Amen? You know, the number one thing Jesus said to do about your mountain is talk to it. Isn't that right? That's what he just said to do. You got a mountain in your life? Talk to it. How many people talk, how many people outside of people like us talk to mountains in their life? No, they think we're crazy for doing it. But yet Jesus is the one that did it. He used this illustration as a fig tree to teach us this is how you handle situations in your life. You, 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 you talk to them. It's, and I'm having doubt about you as quiet as you are, but uh, I've been preaching this for 40 years. Where you guys been? I'm still preaching it because it's still what Jesus said. That's what he said. Now, here's the thing. People think that because you say this that you're saying, uh, you, are you telling me that anything I confess I can have? No, you can conf- What Jesus said, if you believe in your heart and don't doubt it, it'll come to pass. And I've explained this to you many times. You can't have faith for something that God didn't promise. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So if it's not in the Word, you, you might think you have faith for it, but it's not true Bible faith. So you got to find the promises on it, amen? And if it's, if it's promised to you, you know, then, you know, like people say, well, I'm going to confess I'm going to be a millionaire by tomorrow. Uh, you know, well, that's not promised to you. God promised to meet your needs. And besides that, you might, need to want, you might want to try something a little smaller first. You know how the Bible says Jesus is the author and developer of our faith? Well, that means your faith needs some developing, right? You need some growing, right? Paul, Paul uh, said to the church at Thessalonica, your faith groweth exceedingly. So that means faith grows, right? It's at different levels. And so you have to take where you're at. Amen. Uh, you know, you know E.W. Kenyon said something in one of his books years ago. When he said it, because I, I, I hadn't grown enough, I, I wasn't sure I agreed with it. 
He said, I never encourage anybody to believe. And I, I thought, well, I do. But as I grew in faith, I got to think about, wait a minute, you don't need to encourage anybody to believe. The Word causes you to believe. And if I encourage somebody to believe on my Word, they're believing on my Word, not God's Word. And I thought, well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense now. You know, uh, I'm encouraged to get into the Word and find out what the Word says and believe, but not believe on my Word, you know. Amen. Now, so, so Jesus said this. He said, um, he said that whatever you say, you know, if you say to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and don't doubt in your heart, but believe that those things which you say, you'll have whatever you say. Whatever you say. Whatever you say that you believe which is based on God's Word. Amen? How many of those all kinds of promises in the Word of God? I mean, somebody counted them once, and I don't remember how many they said, but there's all kinds of promises in the Bible. Amen. Just don't let somebody talk you out of them. Amen? You know, Zechariah, God told, in Zechariah, God told Zerubbabel, He said, shout grace to the mountain. Shout grace to the mountain. We need to learn to speak over our lives things that we, that we want, not what we don't want, things that produce grace. God's, God, you, know, God's, you know, the Bible says we have access by faith into God's grace. So we have to speak, you know, start speaking good things over your life. This is going to be a simple message tonight, but you know what? People still don't do this. And when you're under attack, you have to make yourself do it. Because your flesh doesn't want to do it. Your flesh wants sympathy. Your flesh wants to have a pity party. Only problem is nobody comes. You're there all alone with your streamer and your cake. Nobody showed up. Amen. Now, you know, of course, we have compassion on people and we, we want to do that. But, you know, that's not really, that's not going to change anything. Uh, you, have, you, have, you, you, you have to do some things. Amen. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Go there. Ephesians 4. So, you know, if we're going to speak 16 to 18,000 words a day, hey, let's speak some right ones. How about that? Let's speak some right words. I, uh, I don't know that we all speak that many. I don't think I speak that many words a day. I've never counted them. Somebody, somebody ever counted somebody's. But I, but I don't know. You know, I, there's probably people who speak that much or more. How many have people in your life that you, don't name them, but how many people you have people in your life, you, you know, they, they, they speak more than that. Amen. <laughs> I shouldn't tell this story. It's not very edifying. But I know this person, and they talk a lot. I mean, massive amounts, you know. And so, you know, uh, and, and a lot of it's just not edifying. You know, it's just, it's just like, I don't want to hear this. You know, it's just not edifying. And so, and there's nobody in this church, so don't look like that. They don't go to church here. But I was in Walmart one day, and all of a sudden I hear this familiar voice, and I thought, I know that voice. And I looked down the aisle, and it was them. They were talking to somebody, of course. You know, and I thought, I'm going to the other side over here, and I'm ducking out of the way. I am not running into them today. But I mean, if we're going to speak, we need to speak right words. Amen. Yeah. Now look what the Bible said here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. The Bible says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. No corrupt, you know. How I many know, you know, sometimes you get uh, corrupt, uh, oh, I don't know. You know, like your computer gets corrupted. 
I mean, that's a bad thing. You get the bugs in it and all that. Well, your communication can get corrupted. Uh, let no corrupt communication or some translators say word proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, notice this, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So how many know our speech should be ministering grace? What we say over our lives should be words of grace. Not I'm this idiot. I'll never go mount to anything. I'll never go anywhere. I'll never do anything. I'll never have anything. Say what the Bible says about you. What's the Bible say about me? Well, you got to find out. How many know that? You got to dig it out. Amen. One thing the Bible says is you're more than a conqueror through Christ. One thing the Bible says about you is that you, you're a joint heir with Christ. Amen. One thing the Bible says about you is that you're healed. Well, I don't always feel healed. I don't either. I'm dealing with something right now. That's why I'm sitting in this chair. I hadn't just turned lazy on you. Although it feels pretty good to sit down. Maybe I'll have you guys stand up for the service. But, you know, but I'm dealing with a foot issue. But thank God I'm healed. I'm standing on God's Word. I confess the Word today. I'm talking, you know, talking the Word today. Saying things today. And I am better. And I'm going to get better. And so, you know, so it's not like we don't ever face any attacks. We don't even face any sicknesses. We don't, you know, it's like we're going to, we're going to say, and then we're never going to have a problem. No, Jesus said mountains are part of life. In this world, you're going to have some tribulation, trials, and troubles. They don't come from God. Amen. Well, what about Job's thorn? Well, you need to read that a little closer. Jo, you know, because people say, well, Job's thorn was, he had, you know, he had eye sickness, you know, and, you know, and, and all, and he couldn't see. Not Job, Paul. Paul's thorn. Job had his own thorn. It was his wife. Um, but Paul had a thorn in the flesh. He tells us what it was. Now, did Paul at one time have a physical problem? Well, evidently, because he told the Galatians, I preached the gospel to you with physical infirmity at first. At first. He didn't say I stayed that way. He said he had something going on. Well, I've had stuff going on and I preached before. But, I, you know, it wasn't because it wasn't the will of God for me to be well. Amen. Um, how many know Paul's just a human being like everybody else? But anyway, he, he tells us what his thorn is. He said it was a messenger of Satan sent to buffet me. Well, who sends messengers of Satan? Satan. If it's a messenger of Pastor Chuck, who sent the messenger? That's pretty easy to figure out. And there's one translation of the Bible, if you want to call it the perversion of the Bible, uh, that says, God gave me a thorn in the flesh. No, the Bible, the Bible doesn't say that. It says, there was, uh, there was given to me. It didn't say God gave it. The word for God's not in the text there. It says there was given to me. Well, who gave it? Well, we know Satan gave it. Why? Because it was his messenger. And he sent it to Buffett Paul, and it's pretty obvious. He talks about the things, the persecutions and stuff that he had. Everywhere he'd go, I mean, it seemed like everywhere Paul would go, trouble got stirred up. And it was just the devil attacking. How I many of that would get tiring after a while? Amen. And he besought God, you know, get rid of this, get rid of this, get rid of this. And God said, hey, my grace is sufficient for you. You, you got enough power to handle this and take care of this. God wasn't telling him you're sick and you got to live with it. Or that's your cross to bear. Have you ever heard that one? That's just your cross to bear, you know. That's my cross to bear. This, this sickness is my cross to bear. No, Jesus bore that for you on his cross. Your cross to bear is to deny yourself. Amen. Deny your flesh and follow Christ. Amen. Amen.
People talk about, well, you know, I got closer to God when I got sick. Well, all right, I'm not going to deny that could happen, but it's because, you were, because you, you were flat on your back and you didn't have anything else to do but fellowship with God. You could have done that without getting sick. Well, I won somebody to the Lord in the hospital. That's great. But that hospital's been there all, all this time. You could have went in any time you want to. And of course, even when we do face problems and even when we do face trials, God can bring good out of things because He's just a good God. Amen. Doesn't mean He caused it. It's just that he's, when we're in the midst of it, He helps us. Amen. Now, notice He said, uh, let it minister grace. Now, verse 30 is real important because He said, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. So you connect those verses together, and Paul's saying that corrupt communication that doesn't minister grace grieves the Holy Spirit of God. Now, why is the Holy Spirit grieved when, you, when your conversation about your life or anything else, for that matter, why is He grieved? Well, let's think about the Holy Spirit for a minute. Let's think about Let's go back to, not in your Bible, but just in our thinking. Let's go back to Genesis 1 when the Bible says, and, and in the beginning, God created the earth, the heavens and the earth. And the earth was out form and void, and darkness saw upon the face of the deep. And God said, let there, and, 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 the, and the Spirit of God was moving upon the face of the waters, the Bible said. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. You read that, it lets you know the Spirit of God was waiting for God to say something so He could bring to pass what God said. That is confirmed in Psalm 33, 6, where it says that God created the, created the earth and all by the breath of His mouth, by the Spirit of His mouth, by His Spirit. Uh, Paul told us in Ephesians that the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. So, so what happens is if you don't speak grace over your life, then um, you don't give the Holy Spirit anything to work with. And it grieves Him because he could be helping you. You probably have royalties like this. We probably all do. You know, the, uh, the ones that say, well, if anything bad's going to happen, it's going to happen to me. Aren't they so edifying? How many know? And, and the truth of the matter is, it seems like it happens a lot to them. Amen. Because... When you get to believing that, you know, just because you said something wrong doesn't mean it's going to come to pass in your, your life necessarily. But what, the principle is still the same. When you begin believing it, then you license the devil to do it. Because the spirit world is voice activated. Now, how do we know that? Well, there's a lot of scripture that you could get that from. But just think about this. The Bible talking about in Psalm 103, verse 20, that the, the angels hearken to the voice of God's Word. It activates them. God's Word. And notice it didn't say God had to speak it. It just said the voice of God's Word. When God's Word's given voice too. We can do that. Amen. And so angels hearken. They don't hearken to our words, but they hearken to God's words. That's why it's important to speak in line with God's Word. Speak grace over your life. Speak things that you want to see come to pass, not what you don't want to see come to pass. Now, I'm not putting you in some kind of bondage like, you know, you can't ever say anything. I'm just talking about what is the gist of what you say about your life. See, I'm, and listen, I'm not saying words are like this magic wand. You're going to wave them over your life, speak them over your life, and all of a sudden all your problems are going to disappear. But I'll tell you what's going to happen. It's going to set a course for your life that's going to be a good course, and things will begin to change. 
They may not happen overnight, but they will start happening. Things will start to change. And um, you just got to be faithful with it. How many know that? You just got to be faithful. You got to make up your mind. I'm saying this about my life because this is what the Bible says about my life. If I don't ever see it, I'm going to say it. But you will see it. But if, just if I have to say it and I never see it, I'm going to say it because that's what the Bible said. Does that make sense to you? All right. I right, go to 2 Corinthians. I'm not going to go much longer. Let you out early tonight, uh, I think, unless I get hung up here on something. I'm going to preach for a while, a while on it. But let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And uh, I want to read a verse there. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. Matter of fact, I think I'll read more than one verse there. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Some of these scriptures we've talked about, they're familiar. I've got one coming up in Proverbs. We've, talk, we've went to it a lot over the years, but I don't know, I just felt like we needed to stir ourselves up on this. That, you know, here's what I've learned. God will have you preach a message for one person if it's necessary. You know, they just needs to hear it again. You know, you've got to speak good things over your life. Amen. And when you have a mountain, don't just talk about the mountain all the time. My mountain's bigger than your mountain. Compare mountains. No. How about talk to the mountain? Jesus didn't say talk about the mountain. He said talk to the mountain. Talk to the mountain. So you're, what do you say? You're speaking words of grace of your life. You know, yeah, maybe this is real. Maybe the doctor gave me this diagnosis, but here's what the Bible says. Here's what the Word says. Amen. Now in... I like this scripture, uh, 2 uh, Corinthians 4, verse 13, Paul said, we having, how many know we have this, the same spirit of faith. How many know we got faith when we got born again, didn't we? According as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So there is something called a spirit of faith, a spirit of faith. You know, the Bible talks about, you can think of it this way, the Bible talks about the word of faith, the law of faith, the spirit of faith. The word, of, I, you go through these phases, you know, in your life. The word of faith, you, you, you're just hearing about it, man. You're just hearing about faith. You're excited. You're hearing about it. I remember those beginning days, you know, uh, hearing about faith and hearing about the promises of God. And the word of faith came to me and I'm, my faith being built up. You know, but then it's not enough just to hear it. How many know that and get excited about it? You got to hear it first. You don't know it, but you can't stop there. You got to apply it. That's called the law of faith. You know, you have to think about, I got to stand in faith. I got to, you know, I'm, but after you do this enough, something comes in your life called the spirit of faith. And it's just a natural reflection, a reaction. You just automatically, faith comes out of you. Because it's the spirit about you. When I was in school, we every, you know, we had basketball games. On, on Friday afternoon, we all got to go to the Yay Raw Pep Rally. Anybody ever had those? You know, you go there, and what was it to do? It was to get everybody in the spirit before the game. You know, get everybody pumped up and... Riled up, you know, ready to, hey, it's Indiana. This is basketball, right? This is Indiana. 
Come to Indiana, we play basketball. Amen. There's a place there, and I don't know if it's still there or not, Dubois County, where there's a basketball go out in the middle of a cornfield. Yeah, it's like, who plays out there? I guess they play when the corn's not there, you know. But this is basketball. So, you know, we'd have these pep rallies just to get you in the spirit. Well, you know, I, I didn't go much for that. You know, I never was much onto that, you know. We had a guy that would lead it sometimes, you know. And, uh, you know, it, but, but some people, I guess, got into it. But hey, here's what I know. I, I know if you stay with this long enough, there's a spirit of faith comes about you. And you don't even think about it. It's just, it's just your natural reaction. It's just your natural reaction. You, 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 you get bad news. The first thing comes out of your mouth is what the Word of God says. That's really important. So what happens is when we begin to speak grace over our lives, when we begin to say what God's Word says about it, we're actually releasing a spirit of faith over our life. We're releasing grace over our life. Kind of like what, what David did, you know, with Goliath. You know, Goliath came and he said, I'm going to do this to you and I'm going to do this to you. And David said, hey, you coming at me with a, with a sword, a, sh a shield, and a spear, I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord of hosts. David got God into it. He, and then he began to tell him, he said, I, I, I'm not only, going, I'm only going, going to kill you, but that young 17-year-old boy, he waxed bold. He said, I'm going to take the carcasses of all the Philistines and feed them to the birds of the air and the beast of the field. Pretty bold talk. And you know what? Um, listen to this. David got Goliath that day, didn't he? But did you know Goliath had how many was it? Four brothers he had? Four brothers that he had that were giants. David's mighty men got all four of them before it was over with. David got them all. Him and his mighty men. But he spoke it out of his mouth, right? Now, now so, so what, what was he doing? He was just bringing God into the scene. Now, um, you remember, uh, I tell you what, go to Proverbs. We'll close right here. Did you get anything tonight? Oh, it's a little different tonight, but hey, uh, I just felt like we need to stir it up about this tonight. Go to Proverbs 18, and we know this verse really well, but I want to read it again. We go there to Proverbs 18. Let me say this as you're going there. You remember what God told Abraham, Genesis 17, 5? He said, your name will no longer be Abram, but Abraham. See, what, it, what you know, that, <laughs> that, was all on, that was all because when Abraham called his name, when he called himself Abraham, he is releasing grace into his life to bring that to pass. He, he's releasing, he's speaking faith over his life, but by speaking faith over his life, by faith we have access into grace. He's releasing grace over his life. And so many people are releasing the curse over their life instead of grace over their life. I've told you this story before, but boy, it really fits in here. You know, years ago I heard Brother Hagin say this. He, uh, he got a a call from a pastor in, in, in the Tulsa area where Brother Hagin lived, and he asked Brother Hagin, he said, you know, he said, I've got this young man in my church, and he's um, um, 39 years old, and he's in the hospital, and he's dying. And he said, I just wanted to see if you could come by and, and with me, and let's pray for him. And so Brother Hagin said, sure, I can do that. And he said... Uh, we went to pray for him, and he said, when I prayed for him, laid hands on him, he said, I heard in my spirit uh, that uh, he has set, this is what he said the Lord said to him, he said, he has set laws in motion that cannot now be reversed. 
Well, Brother Hagin didn't know what that meant. He just, that's what the Lord said. The Lord doesn't always explain everything. You know, He just tells you. And you don't always have to know everything. But the Lord was just basically saying, He's not going to be healed. And so the pastor said to Brother Hagin, he said, did, did the Lord say something to you? He said, well, yeah, He did. He said, well, what did He say to you? He said, well, He said to me that the young man set laws in motion that cannot now be reversed. And um, that pastor said, that's kind of what I felt. He said, I felt like he was going to die. Now, you can't change everything because people have to change things sometimes in their life. You can't change everything. I've learned that. Uh, you'd like to, but you can't. Because sometimes they've done things or set things in motion that they have to reverse. They have to change. And so the, the young man died, and Brother Hagin went to the funeral. And at the funeral, uh, his brother was there. And the pastor and Brother Hagin are talking, this, this young man that died, his brother's talking with Brother Hagin and, and, his, and his pastor. And he said, I want you to tell uh, his brother what the Lord said to you. He said, well, he told me that he'd set laws in motion that cannot be reversed. So Brother Hagin tells the dead man's brother what the Lord said. And he said, I know exactly what that is. He said, well, what is it? He said, he said all of his life I'll never live to be 40 years old. At 39, he died. Now, see, only he could change that. Only he can change that. Only he can reverse that. All right? See, he's the one that said it. You know, God will let you have what you say. Remember, remember the, the children of Israel in the wilderness, you know, when they brought up the bad report, God said, as you've spoken in my ears, that's what you're going to get. He'll let you have what you say. I don't, <laughs> I want to say the right thing. How about you? Look at this finally. Proverbs 18 and verse 20. It says, A man's belly shall be uh, satisfied with the fruit of his mouth or his words, and with the increase of his lips he shall be filled. Now, the word increase there, another word for increase is harvest. Harvest. So you, you're going to harvest, you'll be filled with the harvest of your lips. You're going to harvest in life what you've been saying with your mouth. That is really, that, that's really what the Bible's saying right here. You'll be filled with the harvest of your lips or your mouth. So, see, most people live their whole lives and don't know their words amount to anything. They don't even know it. They come, they go, they die. Don't know. But words, Determine your eternal destiny. Did you know that Jesus said this? Anything you do, you could be forgiven of. But if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you'll not be forgiven in this life, nor in the one to come. Now we have a lot of, I've heard all kinds of teaching about what the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is. What, read the text. He said, if any man speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But if he speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him. Blasph that, that's what blaspheming the Holy Spirit is, speaking, speaking against the Holy Spirit. That's why some of these people that rail on us like you're of the devil because you're speaking in tongues, it's just a good thing you really don't know what you're talking about, but you're skating mighty close to, to getting yourself in some big trouble. God forgives your ignorance, but you, you, if you say that knowing what you're saying, then you're in big trouble. 
I don't know that you're going to make it. Amen. So that's, I mean, that's just, that's Matthew chapter 12. You can read it yourself. But uh, th listen, I'm going to say something else, and I, I think you need to think about how good you live on the earth is connected to your mouth. How good you live is connected to your mouth. See, you got to connect your tongue to the power of God. Amen. See, once again, I want to say it again. The spirit world act, is, is voice activated. Um, I, I, you know, I've told this before, but I remember years ago, there, it's, it's just old, old hat now, but it wasn't some years ago when they had, you know, the phones that you could speak your text into. Well, my phone you didn't. I mean, I had one of those old flip phones, you know. You couldn't speak a text in it. You had to type everything, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm not a fast typer. And so somebody that I knew got one of those, and I thought, man, I want one of those things. I want one of those things where you can just speak your text in, you know. You don't have to type it and all. I did learn this. You better read it before you send it. <laughs> I have a friend in the ministry. He was sending a text to his daughter-in-law, and her name is Sarah, and he spoke it into the phone, and it called her Satan. So you better read it. Amen. And uh, uh, so, so but, but, you know, and, I, and now, you know, and he's been around for a while, your remote controls for your TV or your VCR or whatever, I, I guess VCR is probably, that's dated, isn't it? But, uh, I'm still trying to get over cassettes being gone, so work with me, people. You know, now CDs are gone, you know. I mean, we have monthly mail-out partners' CDs. It keeps getting less and less. Well, we don't have a CD player any longer. We don't have a CD player. I thought, well, now we're going to have to go to the UBS, you know, the, the sticks, you know. Uh, but uh, they have remotes where you can speak to them to do things, you know. I had, and, and this first really went off in me many years ago. A friend of mine in the ministry, uh, he, he, God blessed him with a really nice car. And I'm talking a number of years ago. I'm talking about 2000, I don't know, five or six. But his car was so nice, it was way ahead of the others. And I am getting in there with him, you know, and he's excited about it. And I'm excited with him. Thank God, you know, that he's blessed like this. And he said, watch this. And he tells his car to do things. He just speaks to it. And it does it. I've never seen anything like that. I mean, you know what I'm saying. You know, you holler at your dog, your cat, your wife, but not your car. And he's like, play CDs, you know, three, track seven. Man, I'd do it. I'm like, this is a car. <laughs> I can tell why you're looking at it. I don't have a car like that, and it's 2023. But this was an expensive car. It was a nice car. And, um, you know, but uh, it was voice activated. Well, the spirit world's voice activated. Remember, the, remember what Daniel said? He said that, that Gabriel said, or Gabriel said to Daniel, I've come because of your words. I've come because of your words. It doesn't take really much reading of the Bible to figure out that the spirit world's voice activated. God created this whole world. He framed it by the words, by, by his words. I mean, so, hey. Uh, so here's what I want to say, okay, and we'll close with this. You're going to have in life not what God said. Now listen to this. God's provided it, but you're not going to have in life what God said. You're going to have in life what you say. Jesus didn't say, he'll have whatever I say. He'll have whatever God says. He said, he'll have whatever he says. 
And you understand, I know people hear this, and they, oh, one of them, name it, claim it, you know, altar faith guys up there preaching. No, it's somebody who just read their Bible and happens to believe it. I'm not talking about you have just anything you say. You have what you say when it lines up with what God has said. But there's a lot of things he said about us. Amen. See, when you go to a restaurant, what do you got to do? You got to order. Well, who's, who's deciding that? You have to say. You know what I'm saying? You can't just be like Barney and point at something. Remember when Barney went to that restaurant? Some of you don't know who Barney is. Not the purple dinosaur. <laughs> Barney Fife. Him and Andy went to this restaurant in the big city, you know, and it's like a French-type restaurant. So Barney wants to act like he knows, all, you know, can read all. The menu's in French, you know, it's in so, but he wants to, he doesn't want them to know he's a hick from Mayberry and can't read French or can't speak French and has no idea what's on that menu. So, you know, Andy's going to get a waiter over, so I'm going to ask him what this is. And Barney's like, don't do that, don't do that, they'll think we're hicks. He said, well, there's uh, worse things than being a hick. Being hungry, hick's worse than that. So Andy has the waiter come over and he says, you got a baked potato and a steak on here and some green beans? Yes. And Barney just points, I'll take this, and I'll take this. The waiter goes, very good, snails and brains. How many know you don't want to do that? You don't want to just take what life gives you. You want to order. You want to order. How do we do that? Well, we speak grace over our lives. We speak grace into our lives. We don't just accept, amen, what comes, we're not door stay, okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever we will be. No, we, we take what the Bible says and we speak it over our lives. We speak grace over our lives. And you can, then you can have whatever you say if you say what God has said. Hallelujah. I know this isn't new revelation, but I'll tell you what, most people don't do it. I've been at this long enough to know. And I know this. I have to make myself do it at times. But I also know this. It produces results. Hallelujah. This thing changed like, oh man, you know, I'm going to say that. Like a woman told part of the caps, he was teaching on speaking what the word says about your life. <laughs> this woman came back the next service and said, I did what you said. Yeah. She said, yeah, I said it three times and nothing happened. He said, well, aren't you a trooper? No, it's not a matter of that. It's a matter of, of finding out what God says about our lives and saying that over our lives. Did you get anything out of this? Thank God we can control our destiny. Not the world, not the devil, not anybody else. Hallelujah. I'm still excited about the message of faith. I've been at it for 40 years, 40 plus years. I'm still excited about it because I know what good it's done in my life. The blessings it's brought. The healings it's, it's brought. The people that are alive today that are friends of mine that should be dead. But they chose, they chose to believe what God said, to say what God said, to expect what God said. We have people in this church, they're alive today because they got a hold of what God said in His Word. Amen. 
Had they not, they wouldn't be alive today. Now, they'd be in heaven, but they wouldn't be on the earth. And this is where God wants them right now. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.